Well, coming up on this episode of DL Weekly is Pandora coming to California, plus more details from the quarterly earnings call, a delay to opening Toontown, an update to World of Color, a lack of spell check in the resort, and we keep looking for unseen things with author Russ, plus so much more. DL Weekly starts now. Hello, everyone. Welcome aboard the DL Weekly podcast. Please lower your head and watch your step while boarding. If this is your first time listening... We hope you'll check out our website at dlweekly.net. If you have more time to spend, becoming an official weekly tier at dlweekly.net slash support is an especially good value. Thanks for traveling with us today, and we hope you have a happy and memorable listen to this week's episode. Well, hello and welcome to this episode of DL Weekly for the week of February 15th, 2023. I'm Tag Bushman. And I'm Teresa Urban. Thank you to both Gabe R. and Kat E. for becoming official weekly tiers on our Patreon. Our supporters get some pretty fun perks like DL Weekly swag, bonus content, and access to our Discord community. A special thank you to Chrysanthi T., Michael V., Cody L., and Lauren L. for your continued support. If you would like some more Disney magic in your day, head on over to dlweekly.net slash support to join. Well, if you enjoy listening to the show, please consider rating and reviewing the show on your favorite podcast app. It helps other Disney fans become weekly tiers and part of the community. Now let's get to the news. Well, last week, Disney held their quarterly earnings call where Bob Iger, uh, back from uh, being gone, this is the first quarterly earnings call with him in charge, commented about adding more capacity to the theme parks. He mentioned that with the success of Avatar at the box office and at Disney's Animal Kingdom in Florida, that an Avatar experience would be coming to Disneyland in the future. What was left to question was in what form this would come to the resort. Okay. A lot to unpack here. We're going to start with the good news first. Okay. I was very excited that Bob Iger was talking about adding more capacity to the theme parks because to add more capacity, you either need you need like more attractions to eat people or you need more like space or shows. Good things like good things. I'm hesitant. I feel bad because I feel like I've been more negative than normal for me. But I just I don't I'm not seeing avatar at disneyland i really love pandora and walt disney world at animal kingdom go don't get me wrong beautiful beautiful land but i love that it's unique to walt disney world and that it's something like that's one of the things i enjoy about all of the parks is having unique things to each parks each of the parks and i just i'm not sure how it fits it, the only place inside of the land like inside of disneyland or dca that's currently open and could use something to fill it is someplace in star or in tomorrowland excuse me and i don't feel i don't i don't like how avatar feels fitting into tomorrowland i think that space could be better used for other things i wouldn't be opposed to an avatar experience quote-unquote experience coming to downtown disney i think that'd be fun and we've got a giant space in the old espn building you could do some sort of like virtual reality type thing or i'm thinking you know how they have like those walkthrough attractions that are based on jurassic park and dinosaurs and you have like animatronics and stuff there is something like that that's avatar themed that exists in the world i don't remember where it is but there's a walkthrough experience that has animatronics and actors in it i could see that being a cool thing in downtown disney or the other thing that's on the table is they have been talking about redoing the resort area 
And that's they they sent out that information. The Disneyland Forward. Yes, Disneyland Forward, which talked about expanding to a third gate. So maybe that could be it. I do think it's going to be something more than just an overlay or a meet and greet or just like sure. a themed little photo op thing. I think it's going to be more than that because why would you tease this? Well, on they had an that type of stuff all call? the time. Yeah, yeah. The fact that he teased this on an earnings call, I think it's going to be more substantial. There are so many rumors about all the places oh, this yeah. thing could go. What concerns me. When he says Disneyland, I think he means resort. I don't think mm-hmm, he necessarily mm-hmm. means in Disneyland proper. And the only reason I point that out is because we don't need another Galaxy's Edge kind of experience at Disneyland. I feel like, for me anyway, Galaxy's Edge doesn't fit with the rest of Disneyland. It could have gone in a different park or something and been better. So I just don't think that Avatar would fit in with Disneyland as well as the stuff that's already kind of there. Well, in space. Right. So I kind of want, I would kind of would like this to happen at either another gate, which would be this Disneyland Forward kind of thing, or happen, like you said, in the ESPN building or somewhere in uh, California Adventure. I don't know where they would put it. But I honestly, we haven't heard any. I mean, I guess they could recreate what they have out in Florida, but that's still going to take a long time. And I feel like Bob Iger wants something faster. Mm-hmm. So I think more along the lines of what you're saying, <gasps> some type of interactive experience is probably more likely. I don't think this is it at all. But we do have the home store. There's so much excitement. I know. Well, I was just thinking about what's going on in downtown Disney right now, right? We've got the project that's taking over the far end of downtown yep. Disney, the Disneyland Hotel. But they have removed the home store and Wonderground. Yep. Wonderground's temporarily in the ESPN Zone building right now. But they're revamping and they're redoing stuff with that building. I don't... I. I don't know. Originally, my thought was that that was going to be either an expanded Wonderground or an expanded home store, yep. or they would just merge the two t- into one big superstore. I... You don't think that maybe that could be the Avatar experience and then ESPN gets transformed into kind of like at Disney Springs, how they have that co-op marketplace thing? Well, here's one for you. What about the second half of the Star Wars launch bay? That's themed to Rainforest Cafe that they haven't done anything with. There's that whole back section they could do something in that's already... Jungly. exotic looking that's true i don't think that it's going there the the best rumor i've heard about what's going on with that area is that it seems like they're adding some additional stuff because the new restaurant that's going to go into the uva bar and catal mm-hmm. area which we'll talk about a little bit later that the entrance that they have now to get people up there is very oh, constrained yeah so the section where the home store was is going to become a better entrance gotcha. for that gotcha. um, is what I've heard is a rumor. And I kind of believe that I don't think that that's going to be an avatar thing. Um, but I don't know. I feel like there's lots of options. I don't think it's going to be a large scale attraction. I think it's going to be something that they can do fairly quickly, like within the next year to ride the, when does three come out? Is that like, are they on a, because I know that, that he had worked on like two and three and yeah. four or whatever, like all together. And I think it's supposed to be wrapped up by the end of the 2020s. So I don't know if it's going to coincide with like Avatar 3 coming out. Scheduled Avatar 3 is scheduled to be released in December of 2024. Okay, so something before December 2024. So that's kind of my, my thought with that. I don't know what it'll be. I think it was kind of a interesting offhand comment that had no specific thing in mind, perhaps, like that he had seen a bunch of ideas. So we'll have to see. Mm-hmm. We'll have to see. Mm-hmm. 
Well, also on the earnings call, Iger addressed the higher pricing and capacity mix. He stated they are listening to guests who feel that they are being priced out of the parks by lowering prices on some of the experiences. He also mentioned that he didn't feel that the annual increase in ticket pricing was too much above the rate of inflation at Disneyland. In regards to capacity mix, they have been aiming for more of the mix to be once-in-a-lifetime guests who spend more money in a single visit rather than annual pass holders. Yeah, so he straight up said that uh, that they wanted to kind of cater more to that uh, mix of people who are only going to be there once in a lifetime, which I think historically has been kind of Disney World's thing, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Is when we think, you know, I hear the argument all the time that the reason that there's not a lot of holiday overlays in Disney World is because people save up for years and they right. want to go see that version where Disneyland's more of a locals park. So we do a lot of this stuff to keep things fresh and new and people can come back and do all this stuff. I think the problem with the with with the capacity that he kind of talks about is I do think that they probably are 20% less mm-hmm. than what it was pre pre-pandemic, but because of Genie and Lightning Lane and mobile ordering and and all of this, more people are out in the walkways. So you helped fix, big air quotes, one problem, but then you created another problem with your Genie Plus and all of that stuff. Right, right. Um, Yeah. So I I don't know about that. I do think that we saw, we reported on recently, the Savi's price went down mm-hmm. the build a droid price went down so i'm hoping I, that we see more stuff like but that. just at disneyland i don't think those prices went back down for disney right World. but i'm just hoping that that's kind of the thing now one of the sneaky ways that disney has gotten around this is they've kept the tier one one day mm-hmm. no park hopper ticket at that low price so depending on how they slice the pricing they can say oh it hasn't gone up very much right when I don't know how many days are at that tier zero price or whatever, but it's I don't think it's many. So Mice Chat had a really nice chart. And of course, we are going to have that shared in our our notes for this if you want to take a look at this. But they have a chart breaking down from 2016 to 2022. Oh, excuse me. It actually goes back to 20, 2009 to 2022 pricing. And just in the last, we'll just do the last from 2012 to 2022, so 10 years. One day, one park tickets in 2012 were $87. And now in 2022, it's you've got the range, they, they have the range of the tiers, zero to six tiers, that ranged from $104 all the way up to $179. Now, just even looking at pre pandemic, so we can look at 2019, your one day, one park tickets ranged from 104 for the value to 129 for the regular and peak at 149. So even just before the pandemic to today, it's I think they're only they must only be looking at the low price tier, which we know reality there aren't very many low priced days on the calendar anymore. Sure. Yes, they are looking at they are looking to add more to the calendar, but still overall, I feel like it's raised quite a bit. I mean, even yeah. if you just look at 2009 to 2019 2009 one day one park was 72 dollars no tears it was just straight up the tears didn't add in to the mix until it looks like 2016 so yeah i don't know it's just tough there is one thing that he was quoted at saying that i thought was was really nice was let me find it here oh my goodness parking in 2009 was 14 dollars 2022 50 Oh, yeah. For preferred parking and 30 for general. Whew. 
He said, and I quote, I thought that this was a good line for him. Quote, it's clear that some of our pricing initiatives were alienating to consumers. I've always believed, by the way, that accessibility is a core value of the Disney brand. End quote. So I think he's trying to say like financially and stuff as well. That I, I mean, people I, are feeling priced out. I, I, And that's not, that's true. That's very true that people are feeling priced out. However, I don't feel like, I, I want to see some more action behind it rather than just talk because the num i mean it's a very popular place so right you do have a supply and demand issue you only have so much supply and there's a very high demand correct but it's the pricing is quite high but same thing you know if you look at universal same thing if you want to go to universal yeah. i want to say to go to universal to visit both of the par- so when we went to orlando ooh 2016 to visit both parks in orlando was more expensive than it was to visit Disney World. Yeah. The the thing that 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 kind of is unfortunate but it's true. And I remember this from my personal experience when I worked at the movie theater. We we had the best movie theater in the town we were at. Well, there was a town next to us that also had a different company that ran a big big theater. And what would happen is that big company would raise their price. And then our owners would say, "Well, we're a better product than they are. Mm. Why should they why should we charge less?" So then we would raise our prices. And so I feel like that's what's happened with Universal and Disney is Universal raises their prices. Disney goes, "Well, we're not a value product. We're a premium product, so we're going to charge the same that Universal does or thereabouts." And so I think that you get into these kind of weird back and forths where it's like well, if you're gonna if Universal is gonna charge more, they don't. Disney doesn't like that because it's like, well, why are they charging more? We have a more premium product, etc. General admission to Universal is a hundred and nine dollars, which is about the same as Disney. Annual passes are way cheaper. Holy cow! Yeah, they are. Their annual passes start at one hundred and seventy nine dollars. But yeah, their their pricing tiers one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They have eight tiers. That range from 109 to 149 is where the top yep. top price tier. Top and then we've talked about this before. They have the express ticket, which gets you access to all their yep. stuff. And this is that's an their Genie, older article. That's their Genie Plus. Yeah, but it's 195 on regular days and 285 mm-hmm. on peak days. Mm-hmm. Very, ex- very expensive. Yeah, but you know, I mean, that's why they don't have crazy long versions yeah, of their the, lines. That their stand their standbys move a little yeah. faster. Yep. Well, Friday on the call, Bob Iger noted that of the 7,000 job cuts that are taking place around the company, none of them are expected to impact park operations. This is good news since the parks are already not eh, fully back to their staffing since reopening after COVID. I was happy to to hear that. I mean, my heart is breaking that they're having to do such big cuts at 7,000. I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot of people not having a job. And it just it just makes me so sad. But I was at least the the silver lining, I guess, to that announcement was the follow up saying that the front the hourly park employees will not be impacted. The yeah. parks, the parks and experience department. Yes, there are cuts happening in that department, but, but not the front at line least folks. not the front line folks in the park. So that made me happy because a like you said, tag, it doesn't f- there. I feel like they've said they're back fully staffed. It doesn't feel like no. it though. And B, they, those poor staff, those poor cast members already have a tough role as it is dealing with the public, but then also they're not paid the greatest. There's, you know, work condition issues sometimes and all sorts of stuff and they just purely love Disney and they're doing it for for the love of the company, oh, yeah. the product, the parks, all that. So 
as much love to those cast members as we possibly can give. So I'm glad that they're being spared this one at yeah. least. The only thing I want to say about this and negativity alert going forward, I, I'm going to try to make this brief because I don't want to be dwelling on negativity. I did think that I know a lot of people saw the Super Bowl ad and they thought it was really great. And a lot of people cried about it. It was very touching. I thought it was a great ad. I will mm-hmm. I will not discount that. I think it was a totally great ad. It was a beautiful ad. The problem is, is it's a minute and a half during the Super Bowl. So that was a lot of millions of dollars spent on that that they could have spent not laying off some of these people or better paying the cast members that are staying around. So that was my disappointment with that because they announced it pre whatever. And I was, I felt bad because people were excited about it in our discord chat. And I went in and I'm like, well, I wish they would pay their people better instead of, because this wasn't to me, the ad didn't advertise anything in particular. It was just kind of like, thanks for being around for our company. And it's like, did you, did you need to do that? I don't think you needed to do that. Uh, at least not during the Super Bowl. It, I feel like they w- could have done yeah. it in a lot of other places. It was a, it was a very beautifully done ad. No yeah. discredit to the ad itself. But like you said, just a very expensive time. So I just the, the timing of announcing these this huge thing of cuts to then be followed up by this the excitement and over this ad, which again, the the actual ad itself yeah. great, but just now, you know you know it was expensive. Somebody brought this up to me too. Just to air it. To be fair to Disney, this ad space was probably booked months and months and months yeah. ago oh, yeah. before Chapek left, before they were going to do layoffs or any of that stuff. So, you know, they might have been stuck with it. Yeah. But I just I just think that they should be, you know, Iger seems to be very, very aware of what the Disney brand looks like. And the when they do things, it seems like he's very aware of what that looks like to people, the optics of it, if you will. And I just felt like this was kind of like to me. So anyway, we'll move on. Well, we're still on the bad news train. The unexpected weather that Southern California has been having recently delayed a major opening. Mickey's Toontown has been pushed back from March 8th to March 19th due to weather delaying the work. You don't hear that very often. No, that, not in Southern California. That the rain has delayed things in Southern California. But and that's it, probably why it, it has. is even more delayed because it was like, Oh, we didn't anticipate any type of weather <laughs> yeah. where I feel like if it was done in Florida or here in the Midwest or something, it's like, yeah, we're going to have X amount of snow days, X amount of right, weather right. days and they whatever. Plan, they plan for the delays. Uh, but yeah. really, that's what? 11 extra days? I don't think the it's thing, that bad. The thing, though, that makes me kind of sad about it is, like you were saying, Disneyland is, as much as they want to try and fight it, Disneyland is very much a locals park. Yeah. So I'm wondering how many folks either, you know, lived in Northern California, lived in Lived in the surrounding areas, aren't like truly, truly local, like next door neighbors that local. Booked stuff. That booked flights, took off work, all that for the excitement to be there the day that, you know, Toontown reopens that now, you know, plans have changed. So hopefully all those, so hopefully there'll still be something fun and exciting to do on March 8th for all those folks that already had it planned to be there that maybe can't undo their plans yeah. and their travel plans. So I do, I do feel bad for those folks, but. Hopefully, like I said, then the nice thing is March 8th would have been a crazy busy day. How maybe it'll be like calm. one of those calm, beautiful Disneyland days that seems so rare now. Maybe. Well, Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway has been a great addition to Disneyland. And with it came some new looks for the cast members. Well, now the rest of Toontown has some colorful costumes to match. Taking a cue from Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, the costumes are mix and match for the cast members to pick an outfit that they like and can personalize. I think that's awesome. These costumes are so fun. They are so fun. <laughs> we finally look, got out of the negativity. We're they in look the positivity now. So comfortable. I mean, 
of course, link in the show notes to the the visuals that we're looking at here. Look at their sneakers. They have sneakers. There are shorts. There's capris. They look very nice and breathable. I, I, They're so fun. I love it. You've got like over-exaggerated stitching on some of the outfits. Mm-hmm. They look very, very bright, colorful, but very tune, tune-esque. Yeah. I like, I do like the idea. There is something to be said for cast members being able to choose their look mm-hmm. because I feel like that adds a little something, right? Because... I, I thought back to like, you know, things like Jungle Cruise, like that's your outfit, mm-hmm. whether you like it or not, whether you look good in it or not, whether you think it's comfortable or not, that's your outfit, that's, that's your costume, that's yep. that's what you're going on stage at. Where Galaxy's Edge and this one, you can really show some of your personality as mm-hmm. a cast member mm-hmm. in this. And I really like that. I think it's really cool to see that Disney's doing more of these things and just having some options. And they're still bright and vivid and you can tell for sure that they are cast members of Toontown. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to see anybody off the street looking like any of these folks. I just I just think they're so fun. And I love this photo in them of them in front of City Hall. This woman to the left with her green apron and her bright orange hat. I just I love it. I just love it. It's like you've now given these cast members, like you said, they can kind of create their character now within this world. And I think that's really, really cool. Yeah. Really cool. Yeah, I'm excited for it. So I, I can't wait to see them in person. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, there had been confusion with the ending to World of Color 1. Guests were unsure when the ending of the show was and would actually start to leave at the long pause just before the main finale. It appears that Disney has updated the show to tighten up the ending. So they made it more clear for when the show was actually over. Yeah. So I watched a version of this that was the original. And there did seem to be kind of a weird pause that I think if I was there, sometimes this happens in the fireworks show, too, where it. And this happened even in like remember or believe uh, remember dreams come true, mm-hmm. where there was a big like what felt like a finale, and then it kind of got quiet for a minute. And everybody's kind of like looking around, the lights and haven't then, come yep, back yep, up, and then there's more, yeah. and it's like oh okay. So I think that Disney, it's tough because I feel like in the development of these things, you want to give a little bit of time to breathe yeah. and let let the guest kind of ah take in that moment before you move on to the next thing. But I also think that like there's an art to it, and you can't let it be just that little hair too long because then it people start to pack it up and people start leaving and then it's like nope 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 there's more so i'm glad that they took some feedback i guess or saw what react guest reaction mm-hmm. to things were and kind of tightened it up a little bit i did watch a, a clip of it and it does seem ever so slightly more tightened up and uh, should be less confusing don't have you ever you ever had a disney something that that felt like oh. oh it's over oh it's not yeah plenty yeah plenty of times i still am trying to remain spoiler free and have not oh. watched any videos with world of color one but i had heard reviews from others that said that there was kind of like a false ending yeah but yeah like like it's i get it we pause for effect kind of a thing but um sometimes yeah you don't know quite quite how long the appropriate pause length is until you put it into practice and then right. you know kind of can learn from learn from the crowds well basically. the other thing too is like 
you would think that guests would get the cue that it's over when like the lights came back mm-hmm, up. Mm-hmm. But sometimes like they take a second after the fireworks are open to come back up. Like in fireworks yeah, yeah. Um, is where I've seen this the most. So I can see how people are like, oh, well, they'll come. They'll light up by the time I get up and grab my stuff. Right, the lights right. will be on. Yeah. Well, there's been a rash of misspellings of signs and statues all over the resort since the Disney 100 started to roll in. Incorrect years on attractions and movie premiere dates on the banners outside. Coming soon signage on Indy had some misspellings and the Mickey statue in town square said it all started with a mouse instead of it was all started by a mouse. Disney has been quick to fix these snafus around the parks. There was a new one for the Super Bowl cavalcade that came in and went without a fix because it was just the one day that said main strat instead of main street. This is just what so, is going on. Here? I don't know. This is so this whole thing has been really interesting to me that these things have been kind of seeping in like it's just wild to me that these don't get caught maybe i can understand okay maybe not getting caught all the way to printing but you think like the person hanging the banner i don't know right with how many folks are probably involved in in the creation of these things and the installation and all that that somebody would it brought me back to thinking when we interviewed evan and he said that there's like a style guide and it has to go through a certain amount of yeah. approvals. So my thought is for these signs is they're not that same because they're so Disney is so careful mm-hmm. about their image that it seems silly to me that there's these mistakes being made. So I don't know if there was like there was like a backstage, let's say, mother figure or something that like was the person who would spell check yeah, and like sign know. off and then like they're out for some reason or gone. Um, or it just seems so it, weird. It might be something as simple as maybe they have had some of this work outsourced, and sure. so maybe it's not going 100% through Disney like it has in the past. I don't know. Still, though, man. I don't know. But the one that I still find the one most interesting was the Mickey Mouse statue. And I find it <laughs> extra interesting because when you went to, because right, the, the Disney 100 and Mickey's Minnie's Runaway Railway both open on the same day so that statue premiered loose air quotes the same day that they open that attraction well inside of the attraction they have a banner that says it the correct way that says it was all started by a mouse yeah in the attraction but then you had the statue say it was started now i can't remember what it all started it all started with a mouse on the statue but it was the correct words inside the attraction in the like mickey through the ears yep thing that said it was all started by a mouse so you're gonna fire me as co-host and people are gonna stop listening when i say this when people were losing their minds over the statue i was like i don't know what's wrong with it because it's one of those things that like it's It's, close enough well and it's one of those things too that you're like oh was i remembering it wrong yeah yeah but so to me i was like i don't understand (laughs) what the deal is but no it's i mean it was right but it was just it was just one of those things. But with these other things, like the misspelling, like that there's going to be a cavalcade on Main Street. Like somebody didn't figure that Strat, out. Strut, S-T-R-E-T. Yeah, but it was supposed to say street. So I don't know. I just feel like whoever used to check all this stuff, they need to bring that person back see. or that person needs to have less work to do or something. It just It's just such a weird situation. Oops. Like, I like I don't know. I'm glad that they're fixing it and that's what matters. I did think that the banners were the worst offender because it's like, you don't know when these yeah. things came out. Yeah, I agree. 
Well, can you believe that Disney California Adventure turned 22 this past week? What? To celebrate, the Disneyland app has a limited time photo pass plus lens through February 21st. The lens transforms guests into a newsboy from the show that is still yet to return to the park. This makes me sad. It's like this painful reminder because that was such a fun show on the trolley with the most catchy song, Suitcase and a Dream. It was so cute. And I just love Mickey was adorable in that show. I'm going to just make one comment. Great. I'm going to make one comment and then I'm going to move on from it. Oh, boy. So we just talked about spelling problems. Well, they pointed out that occasion in the thing no. was spelled wrong. <laughs> I will give a little bit more leniency to that because like that's not the focus versus sure. Like, the Matterhorn's bobsleds opening in 1955. I mean, there was yeah, only yeah. three things I just, on that, whereas there's a whole t- a whole ton of print going I on. I just on. found that it was That's amusing so that even the digital thing could not escape yeah. the spelling grubs. Yep. I-, I think this is cute. I, I wish this is so fun, I but wish, it's just a painful reminder of what we still don't have. Well, yes. I wish Disney would do more of these things in the app mm-hmm. because I think people would use it and like post it on social media oh, yeah. more. Like, I think it'd be cool to do these when I'm not at the park and like, can feel that disney magic you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. but otherwise i just uh yeah so well even more things are coming to the resort for celebrate soulfully a disney california adventure moon girl from the new moon girl and devil dinosaur on disney plus will be coming for some meet and greets guests who are there when she premieres will get to see a cavalcade and a stage show that is only happening on her premiere date her she just looks so cute. I just love her outfit. She just looks so fun. I just love it. I was very, I'm very excited about this. I will fully admit the only thing I know about Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur and Devil Dinosaur is the little introduction that we got to the show and to the characters during a panel at D23. But it just, just, oh man, I just love her outfit. I love her goggles. I love her helmet. I love the bright colors. I love her boots. She's so she's just so fun. Teresa's going to be Moon Girl for Halloween next she year. She just I think. looks like she's got like tons of energy too. She just looks like she's ready to take on the world, which that's why she's a superhero. But I she just I just love her. She looks like a ball of energy. I I finally hit the struggle with this of for some reason I look at this and I'm like I think I've hit that age where I'm just like I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> Tag, so, tags officially old. You're like huh? I guess I I love dinosaurs, so I was like, oh, that could be cool with the dinosaur or whatever uh, so maybe i just need to like just watch, gotta watch it, it. Two. just gotta watch yeah. it by the way the day that this episode posts is the day she first mm-hmm, shows up in mm-hmm. the thing so you probably have missed the cavalcade unless you're in the park when you're listening to this and then if you are listening to us in the park go have fun in the park fans of katal and uva bar should get their last visits in soon the location will be closing in mid-april to transform into centrico and paseo a new upscale mexican restaurant you know what's funny we report on news stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. I had forgotten, I guess. I, or I th- had th- kind that it was of, like leaving. Yeah, I had kind of forgotten about this transformation of these two locations into something completely different as well, which then reminded me too, the fate of Tortilla Joe's is still kind of up in the air because I don't know if you can have this new upscale Mexican restaurant and Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's? Trader Joe's, Tortilla Joe's in the same, same downtown space. Disney. Yeah. And it's not even like they're that, it's not like it's at two opposite ends right. either. They're they're both kind of in the middle there. So it's bittersweet. There's a lot of weird stuff I feel like going on. I think we're in this strange transitional period oh, for yeah. downtown Disney where 
some of the older venues that have been there for what feels like forever and like I don't know I always thought would just like be there forever yeah. are transitioning out or to different things we got the jazz kitchen is one the uva bar is another and so and then we're getting you know Earl of Sandwich has been open and closed and open and closed and this and there and everything mm-hmm. else so it's just kind of I, a lot I, of change. I really look forward to all of downtown Disney settling down for a while because it seems like there's a lot going on. Well, and it's kind of been in a constant stage of construction and yeah. change for a while, too. It, I feel like it hasn't had time to just kind of breathe and just be downtown Disney yeah. really since before the pandemic, it feels like. I'm also very sad because we had that great conversation with Mel who mm-hmm. talked about yeah. downtown Disney and, and the they they and took the, the they took the walls down around the outside the monorail and it is plain concrete. So part Don't of that Don't bring that up. I was hoping we didn't have to talk about part, the unthemed concrete. Part again. of that beautiful vine work in the concrete yes. that connects all of downtown Disney <laughs> is literally there's like a section of a leaf that's just and they've got plain don't, concrete don't, there. Don't get me started on the concrete. But I'm starting to think that maybe they're going to start with the new construction and do that like mid-century oh. modern. And they're going to slowly work through and we're going to lose all of that kind of leafy, foresty kind of view. And we're going to go into sort of a new modern. But I'm concerned because Jazz Kitchen, right? That kind of went modern, which kind of would fit with the new modern kind of thing that they're doing. Mid-century modern. But... I liked the old thing better. Yeah, no, they lost a lot of. And its I hope we don't lose charm. the character of Downtown Disney. Mm-hmm. I loved the stuff we learned from Mel. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of things that uh, might be coming or going, part of Steakhouse Fifty Five could be reopening soon. The curtains that we reported on being in place a couple weeks ago have come down, and the lounge part of Steakhouse 55 looks ready to welcome guests. Mice Chat reports that staff is already training at the location. No word on a reopening date. The restaurant section of Steakhouse 55, no update on that. This is so interesting to me. I'm very excited about this. I'm very happy about this. Yeah. Steakhouse 55 was one of the places I I think I've shared previous that I was looking forward to experiencing specifically during our wedding trip. But of course, alas, it was closed. But... It's just interesting to me that they closed for kind of no real reason and we're just kind of vacant this whole time. And now suddenly we've got there's movement and there's there's things happening. And it's yeah, I'm I'm real curious about this. Sometimes I like that we can see things happening or not happening. Other times I don't like it because then I just sometimes it makes me a little bit more like, hmm, what's going on here? So like, why was this closed for so long? If it was just going to reopen, was right. there other plans in place that maybe, you know, got scrapped and they decided to just go back to what it was? Or I just it's it's fascinating to me if anybody has any real info on what, you know, the whole why behind the closure to the what looks like a reopening. I'm super curious. I'm real curious yeah. about this. I'm I'm hopeful, though. I would love for it to return. I really would. I'd love to try to eat at Steakhouse 55 one of these times because I've heard it was really good. Well, right now it's just looking like it's the lounge I know. portion. We have no word or updates on the the restaurant part. The lounge looks cozy. Mm-hmm. I kind of like it the- It does look uh, nice. It looks like, a, like it'd be a nice place like at the end of the night to go and have a drink and just mm-hmm. kind of relax on a busy day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I do like the decor, yes. Psst. Avast there. It'd be too late to alter cars, mateys. And there be trivia questions lurking in every cove, waiting to be answered. Listen close and keep your ruddy Disney knowledge handy. 
That be the best way to answer correctly, and mark well me words, mateys. Dead men tell no tales. Here come seeking questions and long-lost Disney information, eh? Sure, you come to the proper place, but keep a weather eye open, mates, and hold on tight with both hands, if you please. There be squalls ahead, and James and Vern waiting for them what don't answer correctly. Welcome to Trivia Land. How are we feeling tonight? Do you think you got some great answers stuck up in your heads? You ready to <laughs> take this on? Well, I hope if they're stuck, they'll become unstuck so we can use them. Oh, good point. <laughs> I definitely have answers. I just don't know if they're the answers to the questions <laughs> you answers. are going to ask. Excellent. Excellent point. All right. Well, because we are recording this on the evening of Valentine's Day, I decided to go to my friend the Google and find out everything I could find out about Valentine's Day in Disneyland. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. So we're going to find out what do you know about Valentine's Day in Disneyland? Or at least do you know as much as I could learn in two hours? (laughs) Okay. I know almost nothing, so Mm -hmm. we'll see. All right. So your first question from me learning stuff today. In celebration of Valentine's Day, there's a special event going on. Disneyland After Dark... Blank, blank. Oh, thank goodness. Sweetheart's night. Sweetheart's night. (laughs) I didn't say I was going to necessarily be tough on you tonight. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. All right. So, Sweetheart's night, is that your final answer? Yes. Final answer. All right. I'm feeling much better now. (laughs) Your second regular round question. (laughs) At this event, in addition to special early admission, participants will enjoy a themed fireworks show and can even attend the Royal Ball, where princesses and their princes will dance at a most elegant event near where? Oh, do you know this? It's a small world? Yes, it's a small world. That's my guess, too. Is that your final answer? Final answer. All right. Your third regular round question. You could also take a moonlight cruise, enjoying the rhythms of jazz music aboard the... Mark Twain. Mark Twain. Mark Twain. Any other words with the... Riverboat. Riverboat. Okay. Final answer. Final answer. I'm feeling way better. I'm feeling way better. (laughs) And your fourth and final regular round question. Where in Disneyland can you acquire a heart-shaped butter cookie? Which is a shortbread with strawberry glaze, white chocolate drizzle, and heart sprinkles. Ooh. I feel like Jolly Holiday. Do you think holiday. it's Jolly Holiday or do you think it's, oh gosh. I'm going to say Jolly Holiday. What is the, the, are you the talking candy about, store are you on talking, Main Street? The Candy Palace? Mm-hmm. Or are you talking about, or is this a trick question and it's actually in. Like Troubadour Tavern no, or something like no, that? No, it's in the uh, Grand Californian, that little like treat cart. Oh, yeah. Do you mean in Disneyland Park or Resort? I said Disneyland. Okay, so Park. Okay. Do you think Jolly Holiday? I think Jolly Holiday. I have a tickle that it might be the Candy Palace. I'm going to go with the Candy Palace. Okay. Candy Palace? Mm-hmm. We have split. Mm-hmm. I only say that because when we were there for Christmas, remember I went to the Candy Palace to get Mickey shortbread cookies. That's true. But they had those like a lot of places. They Not had... the shortbread ones. Oh, G- you're thinking gingerbread. Gingerbread, yeah, yeah. But yeah, they had this, like a sugar cookie shortbread type thing. I don't remember if it was. Now Now that I'm saying this, I don't remember if it was sugar cookie or shortbread. But okay. anyways, that that's why I'm going that sure. route. Okay, so we're saying Jolly Holiday and Candy Palace. Are those yes. your final answers? 
Yes. All right. (laughs) And your bonus question tonight. The most famous couple in Disneyland, Mickey and Minnie, when did they first meet? Oh, it was what? November 18th. Are you talking about like a date or like a movie or show or? Their first short together. Oh, Plain Crazy. Was it Plain Crazy? Oh, no, 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 no. Steamboat Willie. Willie. Steamboat Willie. Yep, they meet in Steamboat Willie. Because Plain Crazy is they're like on a date. Yeah. Yeah, Steamboat Willie was because they both came out at the same time, mm-hmm. like or yep. debuted at the same time. And that was, was that November 18th? I don't remember. All I know is, is that Mickey's birthday? Because that's, because um, it was in tw- uh, 2020, 19? When, when did he celebrate his 90th? Was that 2019 or is that 2020? 2019. So it was in... 39? 29. 29. Dear Lord, we can't do math. <laughs> That's all right. And is that your final answer? Yep. All right. Well, listeners, how do you think they did? How did you do listening at home? Stick around until after the discussion topic, and we will all find out together. Well, this week for our discussion topic, we are completing our conversation with author Russ with Seen Unseen Disneyland. Enjoy. The other thing that I really appreciated about your book, besides, of course, learning new things, I loved how you had it laid out and you had different, there's different sections. And so if you're a person that kind of just wants to do a little bit at a time, you can learn about the trash cans. You can learn about some of the Hidden Mickey stuff, some of the movie prop as seen in the movies, things that you can see at the parks. I appreciated that that was kind of all in its own separate spaces. So then you could really just... Be in, you know, be thinking in that mindset of the things or like the I appreciated that reused as well. the animatronics that have been, you know, originally lived here, but now have been moved and live over here instead. That kind of stuff. I really thought that was cool. Yeah. I, one of the things I always noticed about other books is they're always based on lands, which makes yeah. sense. Yeah. I wanted my books based on topics, which it, it gave me a little more freedom to be able to include things in the book instead of if it was on land and then I'm jumping around. Well, I'm talking about hidden Mickey's and you're jumping around back and forth between chapters. You know, it doesn't make as much sense. So it gave me some freedom there. But like you said, it also allows you to read about a certain topic. So you, you, you don't have to read from the front to the back because I, I don't do well when I have to read front to back. <laughs> but I, when I'm looking at Disney books, I like to be able to jump around in them and mm-hmm. read what's interesting to me. And so that that's another thing I did, and uh, a lot of people have commented. So thank you about that. That yeah, they like that layout where it's not the traditional layout, mm-hmm. and it's fully my intent in the third book. And if I end up doing a fourth book, they'll they'll continue to be in that manner where it's based on a topic. For instance, in the second book, there's a chapter on sound. Well, first oh. of all, it starts out with sound in a picture book. You know, that's crazy talk, <laughs> you know. So how do you do sound in a picture book? And so I did a chapter on sounds at Disneyland in the book. And if that was separated into chapters of lands, it wouldn't make as much sense as being one chapter unto yeah. itself. Yep. You know, or I'm not bad. I'm just drawn that way, which is in the first mm-hmm. book. You know, that makes more sense to have that. And if a a parent doesn't want to deal with that topic, they can skip that chapter instead of it being all, you know, throughout the book. It's in one spot where you can skip it if if it bothers you. 
Uh, of course it doesn't. It's Disney. Come on. <laughs> but I'm just yeah. using that as an example. Yeah. No. Or if it's, you know, we like to do what we call, you know, we go down different rabbit holes. I definitely foresee myself using your book and especially using all of the all of the different source material references that you have in the back. If there's something that we're talking about and we need to like kind of go back and reference, okay, we'll use the keelboat since that's one of the things that we've already kind of uncovered that's, you know, a teaser for the book. You know, if it's some, if we're doing some sort of discussion about the keelboat, I know, oh, I can just pop right to that section, find that information. And also if I need to deep dig a little deeper or know more, I can go to those reference points too. So I really can see this being especially for people like us that are just these and you as well that are just these Disney fans that are just hungry for it. like we just want as much information as we can po- you can't ever tell me too much information about one tiny little probably not that important topic but it's just we just find it also interesting so I really appreciate that this is the book yes but then you have all your all of your sources so then if you want to go further with it you can go further with it too well and I don't know if you noticed but Past the end notes, there's also the bibliography, mm-hmm. which is basically a listing of every book that's in my library at the time that the book came out, of course. Yeah. And part of that was I didn't want one of the, I didn't want to be one of those guys where like, oh, you tried to hide that you really got this from somewhere else. You know, right. I list yeah. everything so no one can say I tried to plagiarize or anything. Mm-hmm. It's it's all in there. But the nice thing about that, and I've gotten several people email me about it is they'll look through that and they'll go, oh, I had no idea about this book or that book. You know, they go through and they see something that they've never heard of before. And then they'll go get that book. That's what I'm thinking. You just said that I flipped to it and I was like, oh, here's some books I probably need to add to my collection (laughs) because there's some names on here that I know of and we've talked about Mm -hmm. and we've had on the show. David Koenig has been Mm -hmm. on our show. and He's he's the godfather. Yeah, Yeah. he's some of the first books I ever read about Disney. Mm -hmm. You got some stuff in here from Kevin Yee, who I remember reading on was he on Mice Chat back in the day or he he went to Mouse Chat? I think so. He he kind of went around everywhere for a while. But yeah, there's just a lot of great things. And now I'm looking and I'm like, oh, yep, I'm definitely missing some of these uh, (laughs) in my library at home. But I'll have to I'll have to try to track some of these down. But, you know, if you could find them in print, you know, sometimes you get these books and and uh, a great one. I got lucky. I don't know how I did this was there is the Disneyland Paris from Sketch to Reality book that I bought on Amazon, like when Amazon was new. And it's like out of print and worth like hundreds of dollars now. And I'm like, I'm so thankful for having that book because it has one of my favorite pictures of a Disney park anywhere. And it's it's the uh, train from Disneyland Paris in the snow. And it just looks like it's going through this field of snow, but it's a Disney train and because it snows in Paris. So I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's it's really cool. For anybody who doesn't know about... I mean, we've been talking about the book uh, for you know almost an hour now, but... Who do you recommend the book for? And like for I feel like almost all any age mm-hmm. could pick this up and and find it interesting. Oh yeah, it's definitely any age. I I mean, I've had little teeny kids come up and ask for autographs for their books. That's um, cute. you know, like 3 and 4 year olds because the pictures are there and they can look at pictures and they understand the pictures and you get the adults who are doing research, you know, and you get the hardcore researchers. Uh, I had a guy at one convention. He came up to me and for an hour, he told me what a piece of garbage my book was and then turned around and bought it. <laughs> You're like, oh, OK. Th- th- thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. 
So, I mean, I, anyone can use it, uh, you know, whether you agree with it or disagree with it. Uh, you know, there's the pictures, there's the, you know, verbiage, you know, there's, it really doesn't have a, a niche that I can discern for any, any person. Well, and I think the other thing, too, is it doesn't matter your level of Disney knowledge. I should have got like as I was learning new stuff, I should have been like, tell I learned at least, a, I mean, quite a few new things in there. Were there things in there that I oh, saw great. before? Of course. But there was also quite a lot of things like, oh, I never know. And like just weird stuff like I didn't know this, that or whatever. And again, I don't want to give too much away because I want people to be able to enjoy the book for themselves. But I, yeah, there was quite a few things in there that I was like. Oh, <laughs> so I think that's cool. So actually, you, you just okay. reminded me, there is one group that this book is not for. <laughs> okay. And if you go on Amazon, you'll see one person who gave me a bad review. I didn't have enough behind the scenes stuff. Oh, there is actually sure, sure. no behind the scenes stuff right, in this book. Right. I have a lot of pictures. I've been backstage. I've been on a lot of walk walkouts. <laughs> so I've, I've got like, <laughs> I've got probably 50 pictures of Space Mountain with the lights on. Mm-hmm. You will never see them. They're, yeah. I took them. They're for me. I, you know, but you will never see them in a book or any of my publications or anything like that. I'm not here to spoil the magic. Mm-hmm. I'm here to enhance it. So if you're looking for a behind the scenes, tell all tattletale book, it's not for you. So sure. don't, yep. don't, don't pick it up then because there's nothing in there. Absolutely zero things behind the scenes in this well, book. I feel like Disney likes books like yours and like a lot of the th- references that you have in here. Uh, I feel like they would go after people that were posting backstage photos of things because that kind of, uh, in a way, kind of taints their brand. The idea is that they're magic makers, mm-hmm. right? So if I right. think if you had a book like that, they'd be like, you can't use the Disney name or the Disneyland name in your book. Like we... We'd like you to stop. But I feel like stuff like this, where it's really celebrating yeah. the ingenuity and creativity of the company, I think that they love stuff like mm-hmm. this. And then this is going to make somebody come to the park and spend more time looking at all the details. And I guarantee you the Imagineers are probably really thankful that people notice. I'm sure that they've put details in some things that they never expected anybody would notice, but they knew and yeah. people people find them and they probably are like feel really cool about it like hey that was that cool little easter egg i put in there and somebody caught it mm-hmm. how cool mm-hmm. like i don't know i think imagineer is such a cool job for lots of reasons and that would be one of them is is the people that care enough to go and find all of these details and appreciate them and i think that that's that's probably the best compliment you can give an imagineer probably is seeing all the detail and hard work they put into something yeah and and, uh, one of the things that we were really fortunate as you know we were at d23 this year and we were in the emporium which is the private vendors they were very selective this year and who they allowed in and we were very fortunate enough, uh, myself and Lynn and Ken from The Sweep Spot mm-hmm. and Josh Schaefer, where we were allowed to have a booth. And, yeah. you know, they they were selective and we got picked and we were very happy about that and fun time that we had there. So we, we've been there several years now and it was nice to be, you know, asked to come back again. So I, I actually, when I did my first book... Uh, a lot of people ask about this, but weren't you afraid you were going to get sued by Disney, right? Is, is Disney going to shut you down and, you know, all this other stuff? And, I, you know, the answer is, yeah, I was. <laughs> I was absolutely. You know, I'm not David Koenig. You know, you heard me earlier refer to him as the godfather. Most yeah. of us refer to him as the godfather of these type of books. Mm-hmm. He was the first. 
Yeah. He's the first one that did these books that were about Disneyland, but they weren't done by Disneyland. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he set the example and he set, you know, the direction for the rest of us to follow. And so when I did my first book, again, with Dave Smith, I contacted him because he had the Ask Dave channel and said, hey, uh, do you ever, you know, like look at people's books and, you know, like give some feedback and everything. And his immediate response was, I'm not allowed to talk to you. I can't say anything. Sure. You know, I work for Disney. We're not allowed to look at this kind of stuff. But here's the contact for Disney Legal. Hmm. And if they give you permission, then I will be happy to look at your work. So I contacted Disney Legal. I set my stuff in. It's what's called a copyright review. So they they look for copyright content. And then I got my letter saying, we have no concerns about this book. And then you know, I handed it to Dave and Dave looked at it and the, the rest is history. So I, I have dealt with Disney legal and, you know, it's a big machine. It's got its own pace and it takes its own time and <laughs> it takes a while to get through the process and stuff. But overall, I can't really complain about the process that I went through. And I was fortunate because that set the pace where, you know, I don't have issues with mm-hmm. Disney because they've looked at the book. They know right, what it yeah. is. They have a copy. So, you know, if they have any concerns, you know, they would have let me know. So it's what's called fair use. So they really can't stop people from using fair use of their products. But um, if they did have a concern, I'm sure they would let let me know. But they, you know, that book came out in 2012. It's 11 years ago now. And they haven't said anything. (laughs) So... Knock that, on wood. No. That's, yeah, that's okay. Yeah. So then with this, so for, now you kind of got me on a different tangent. Oh, so geez. now with the, with the second book, so is that kind of, is that kind of common that authors that are writing about, you know, the parks or whatever, do, is that usually a common practice to kind of go through Disney legal or was that kind of an extra step you took to make sure, you know, yes, I want Dave Smith, of course, to look at it, but I also want to make sure. We're not going to have problems down the road. I, I don't know if it's common or not. Yeah, I mean, that would be a question for Disney because I have no idea. They yeah. don't talk about other things sure, that they're, sure. they're doing. Mine was more of a, I was concerned about it and I had the opportunity. It was presented to me to have yeah. them take a look at it. And so I, I availed myself of that so that when I did write it, I, I knew at least I wasn't going to get sued by Disney. Right, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> and I don't even know if they do that kind of thing. I, I mean, I know they send cease and desist letters, mm-hmm. so, so I probably shouldn't say sue, but you know what I'm saying yeah. is yep. you're concerned, yep. you know, that the mouse might take you on. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that was my concern in going that route. I, I know of at least one other author that has done this, but sure. I know several authors that haven't asked Disney to look at them. But the the fair use uh, doctrine is is fairly well defined, and so as long as you read it and understand it and follow that, and then of course you have the, the liable issues, and mm-hmm. you know, and, and during interviews, slander issues, you know, you don't want to get involved in any of those. Right. But uh, my, my thinking has always been, I want to present Disney in a good light, mm-hmm. and like you said, part of my goal was it, it's not to show anything that you're not supposed to see. It's the stuff that they put in there and they want you to see, yeah. but they're just not shouting hey look over here you know <laughs> they put all these little details <laughs> so well, the name of your book is said it's seen mm-hmm. unseen you exactly. look right at it but you don't notice it mm-hmm. exactly and it, like uh, you know even when we do stuff like at booths like when we go to a, a convention and we're at a booth 
I know what the basic guidelines are for Disney cast members. So I always dress appropriately. I always try to use their verbiage as much as possible. I always try to behave in the manner that they would want a cast member to behave. I'm not a cast member. I've never been a cast member. I have no association with Disney. Okay, there's my disclaimer. But (laughs) I try, since you're kind of semi unofficially you know, people don't necessarily know that you're not with Disney. I want to make sure that I don't present them in a bad light. Yeah. So I've always done that. And so I've, I've, you know, I've never had an issue with them because mm-hmm. I always try to portray them in the best light possible. And I think that's and important. They, you know, they deserve it. They're a company. They've they've done, they've worked hard to build the reputation they have. I, I have no desire to tear that down. You know, every company has its pluses and minuses, but I I always try to stick with the plus. That's well, what I we talk I mean, about all the time with people who complain online about Disney all the time is just, well, then don't go there anymore. Like, you don't have to go. Like, it's supposed to be entertainment. <laughs> yeah. Well, and your focus, like the details are, I mean, that's like, that's the magic. I mean, the cast members, 100%. Oh, but totally. as far as like the physical, like the physical parks the details that are in there are just so magical and that's one of the things that sets disney apart from other places is the fact that they pay attention to details you can you can always find a garbage can you don't even know you need a garbage can until suddenly you need one and you look and boom it's right there like not you can't even (laughs) walk around like for example going to like the grocery store i'll be like oh there should like in my brain there should be a garbage can before i walk into the store or at least right when i walk into the store you know how many times there isn't even a garbage you've walked the entire parking lot and there's not one there so just those kinds of details and then the fact that they're like you said blending in the garbage cans to the area that they're you they didn't have to do that but they did do that and i think that's part of the magic and what is just so cool tag always laughs at me because when we're at the park i'm like doug from the movie up and i just am like it's information overload because i'm just trying to take in all of the details and i every single time you know i notice different things and he's funny because he's very like one track we're trying to get where we're going market for your book (laughs) of not seeing things that are right there (laughs) he's not seeing the thing so sometimes i'll point stuff out and he's like I've never like it's just kind of yeah it's it's funny to have these like small little epiphanies because we've been there plenty of times you've but to seen be it, fair to me yeah. I feel like I just see different things yeah. than you see oh yeah for sure same thing like when you kind of question stuff like has has that jade elephant always been on top of the jungle cruise queue I think I you know like just weird stuff like that where all of a sudden something uh, catches no. your eye and you just question yourself yeah <laughs> it, it, it has not been there the no. whole time <laughs> yeah but it's just funny because you question yourself you're like I. Mate, I, I don't know. You know, like it's just it's just interesting how well, little things like that we had that trivia things. question like two years ago now about on pirates the guy sitting on the porch. <laughs> we swore he had a banjo. <laughs> There's no banjo. No, you hear it playing, but you yeah, don't see it. Yeah. But we were adamant that, oh, yeah, there's a banjo there. And we were fighting with whoever was doing the trivia that night. (laughs) And we went on and we looked at like three different ride throughs. And sure enough, no banjo. But like, it's just such a weird, (laughs) weird thing. Well, it's funny because I actually wanted to put that in the book, but I couldn't get a really good picture of him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's Um, he's kind of in the dark there. (laughs) Yeah. Well, no um, flash photography, sir. I I may have cheated on one one or two of my pictures, but normally those type of pictures where I'm getting something in the dark, Mm -hmm. like pirates, I'll go late at night when there's like no one else on the boat with me and I'll take 
one picture. I'm not in there like, you know, you just take like, okay, I need to get this one shot for the book. Bam, take the picture and be done with it. But even then I just couldn't, couldn't get one I liked on it, on him. But another one that that's probably going to drive you crazy if you haven't already seen it in the book uh, <laughs> is uh, Thunder Mountain. So on the last turn, oh. they are just ringing a bell and tooting a whistle like it's no one's tomorrow. And there's no whistle on those engines. <laughs> Take a look at them next time. There's no whistle on the engine. That's Where's hilarious. that whistle coming from? Right, right. It's in the second book. I apologize. It's not in that's that first. O- See, that's okay. You're giving us teasers for the second. We already enjoy the first. See, I'm surprised because when we asked you earlier about your favorite attraction, it sounded like Big Thunder Mountain Railroad was going to be your favorite attraction. <laughs> because, my daughter's daughter. <laughs> but I but I will tell you, I love Big Thunder, and I was heartbroken yep. a little bit because we went on one of the trips we went on. We every time we went to go on it, it had like a long line or like we were on this other park when it had a short line or something. And we got through that whole trip and I was like, somehow we didn't go on Big Thunder. <laughs> I was so sad. Go first thing in the it. morning, straight off the rope drop. There go straight go. there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but see, what do we normally do first thing in the morning? Well, it, I mean, it used to be Indy yeah. and then Indy got a little sad. So then we were bypassing Indy and going to either Pirates or Haunted Mansion when it was Haunted Mansion holiday to beat the crowd. Yeah, and then we were also trying to get back to, because one of our favorite breakfast things now is Galaxy's Edge, like a breakfast Toronto wrap, and you uh-huh. like getting your coffee at the... Docking Bay. Docking Bay, or at um, Red, Rose. Red Rose. So we kind of get back over... I mean, that's that's kind of by Big Thunder. Maybe we should just hit that. <laughs> I was going to say, you go right by Big Thunder, you yeah. hit it and go two or three laps... You jump off and you're right there at the entrance to Galaxy's Edge. Maybe that's it, Teresa. Maybe our new first attraction should be Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. There you go. Why not? And then we can just ride it like four or five times before (laughs) anybody else gets there. Well, and let's talk about details. I mean, that queue. I love all the different details and all the different layers of that queue. And I, spoiler alert, I learned some new facts because of your book of that queue. And it was just- Oh, did you? I did. I did. Talking about the signs? No, the I was really interested in some of the props, like the history of where the props oh. kind of came oh, from. Oh, the, the animals? Mine carts and Yeah. Oh, and the animals. Yep, that too. So I was like And the hidden now. Mickey. Mm-hmm. And the hidden and Mickey. And that is actually a real hidden Mickey. That's an official hidden Mickey <laughs> That's there. A true, a true <laughs> hidden Mickey, not a if you squint and kind of tilt your head yeah. to the side. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, several of the, the animals were from the former attraction. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately the rest got buried. Although I understand they may have found them when they did Galaxy's Edge. (laughs) Could you imagine being part of the like excavation crew and you're finding these old animatronic animals as you're going? That would have been. (laughs) They actually, uh, I think they let them know that, hey, you might come across this. And if you do, let us know. And, you know, like the wall for the uh, chalet, Mm. uh, you know, and all that kind of stuff they had to, to know about before they were digging out there. That's true. That's true. One other prop for your book and and promotion for it is one of the nice things about having so many pictures is you can get through it fairly quick. I probably spent, I don't know, an hour and a half maybe with the book and I got about halfway through. And that's because I spent a lot of time staring at the pictures. Um, So (laughs) I I think you could get through it pretty quick if you if you wanted if you're if you're one of those people that are like, I can't start another book because I'll never finish it. You can finish this one. Yes. And. It's a page turner. I think, Teresa, you told me that you started reading and before you knew it, you were halfway through and mm-hmm. you were like, 
I what happened? <laughs> <laughs> I was just hooked. I was so interested. I just kept going, and then. But we won't get so quick through the second book. It no. sounds like because it's longer. Yes. Yeah, it's uh, a little bigger. And then just so you know, all those but, pictures are mine. I, I took every single picture in those in both books, except for the pictures of me. <laughs> Oh, I could have no selfie, but... no selfie. <laughs> no, the the one from the first book, my daughter actually took it, and the one from the second one, a, a friend of mine took it. But the porch was empty, so the oh, p- picture of me yeah. in the second book is me on the porch, and we were walking by, and there was no one there, and there's never no one there, right? right. Yeah. So that's I big handed deal. my camera to a friend I was walking with, and ran up there, and she took a couple quick pictures, and that's what ended up in the book for the second one. <laughs> well, so I'm fun. excited to see the second book now. Me too. I'll tell you. You know, uh, I haven't started reading it yet, but um, Leslie Iwerks' book, The Imagineering Story, it's massive. Mm -hmm. And I think there's like, what, one, two pictures in there or something like that? It's all (laughs) text. And I was like, I thought there'd be some photos or something. This is going to be a read. So I appreciate Maybe I'll keep your book next to the bed. And when I'm reading The Imagineering Story, when I need a break... I will pick this up and just enjoy some photos for a while and give my eyes a rest. I was going to say what you could do is that like if you're reading about, oh, and this is what we did when there we built go. magic or uh, built, uh, you know, pirates, you could yeah. flip to the pirate section. That's true. That's pictures. true. So before we get to the last question, I do want to say, where can people get your books? Where's the best place for people to get the books? And uh, and are you going to be doing any meet and greet kind of things coming up? Any conventions or anything that people maybe can come see you and get an autographed copy? So unfortunately, right now, I don't have any signings scheduled. Okay. But if someone ever sees me, feel free. You know, I don't. don't and I know a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to bug them. Yeah. If, if you see me and you've got your book and you want me to sign it, I normally carry autograph placards in my backpack. So if you don't have your book, I can sign one of those and you can put it in your book. Nice. So, uh, you know, if you do see me, uh, as far as getting my book, it is on Amazon, but the best way to get it is to go to Sud Books. It's S-U-D-B-O-O-K-S dot net. And that has a bunch of my stuff on it, uh, you know, different things I've written about and stuff. And But it also has the sales page where you can get it directly from me. And the nice thing about that is uh, you can actually get it autographed. So if you want to order it autographed, if you go through that, you just put a just uh, put a note. It's going to come autographed. But if you want it personalized, if you put a note in it, I'll actually personalize it too. So that that's the plus with going through my webpage versus Amazon. You can also see me on uh, Facebook and Instagram. I'm seen on seeing Disneyland on both of those. And then as a sub sub pages to those, I also like to do the Disney runs. So. Oh. Yeah, and I'm excited so, about them coming back next year. I was going to say, are you excited about <laughs> Disneyland? So I, um, yeah. I, I also have My Run Disney, which is a Facebook page and an Instagram page. I used to put it on my stud books, on my Seen Unseen Disneyland, but it, it got to be too much on there. It, it wasn't really about the unseen stuff, so I separated it out into its own, own thread so you can find them there. You can email me at author at studbooks.net if you have a question. I try to get to them as quickly as possible. And, or, you know, if you're wondering where I'm going to be or something, hey, are you going to be somewhere? Usually when I'm at Disneyland, I, I do a lot of posts. So if, if on my Facebook, I say, hey, I'm going to Disneyland, just watch Instagram and Facebook and you'll see a bunch of posts. I, I normally do them in bursts because I don't want my family <laughs> thinking all I'm doing is, you know, Facebooking <laughs> and stuff. Yep, yep. So I'll take a series of pictures and then maybe when we set for lunch, I'll blast a bunch out. 
There you go. Nice. Very cool. And when you do have events scheduled, you know, like like you said, you were at D23. I don't know if you do like things like Disney and whatnot, but do you post those events on the on your Facebook and Instagram pages so people can check those or the website? Yeah, I do put them on my Facebook page and then on my uh, sidbooks.net. Um, there's actually a calendar where you oh, can go perfect. to the calendar page and it'll show, you know, if, if yeah. I... Like I, I'll be at the Pacific Northwest Mouse Meet again this year. I go every year. Mm-hmm. And as soon as the dates are announced, it'll be in there, the, the dates. So you know that, hey, I'll be there at that particular event. Perfect. Um, and of the only we'll thing events. I ask people is at events where I'm not actually appearing. If you see me at a different conference or something, just be mindful of whatever the rules are. Sure. Because some places don't allow autographs of people who are not actually vendors there. So just be mindful of those type of rules. If you want, we can step outside momentarily and and sign something just so we abide by the rules. I'd be happy to do that. So I do try to be very mindful Mm -hmm. of different events rules and what they do and don't allow. Makes sense. And we, of course, will have links in our show notes to all of Russ's different pages so you can follow and connect with him if you'd like. And of course, purchase the book as well. Well, That brings us to our final question, Russ. If you could work at Disneyland or even we'll just we'll open it up if you could work for Disney. What would you like to do? Sky is the limit. You can pick your dream job. You can even make something up if it doesn't exist. So, you know, monorail is kind of cool. And Mm -hmm. so I kind of lean towards that a little bit. But actually, my answer is probably going to surprise you. I'd want to be a sweeper. Because sweepers go everywhere. Yes. They get to talk to everyone. Yeah. Uh, you know, they're they're these guys that just kind of easygoing, you know, they're doing their thing, mm-hmm. but they're there to help. Uh, they're there for emergencies. They're for, you know, minor things. They're there to help you. Oh, you know, uh, what time is the four o'clock parade? You know, all <laughs> those different things. They're there for that. And mm-hmm. I, I've always had a soft place in my heart for them. And, you know, since m- meeting several of them now, you know, mm-hmm. it it just seems like that would be a really cool job. Now, there's some uncool things about it. We, of course, <laughs> but <laughs> overall, it, it, I think that's what I would enjoy because I, I don't like being stuck in one spot. And unfortunately, that's uh, nature of the beast for a lot of the attractions is, mm, yeah. you know, you, you go to a fast part of the attraction, then they move you to a medium, and then they move you to slow, then you go to break, and then you rotate again. But mm-hmm. for 15 minutes, you're stuck in that spot, and then 15 minutes, then 15 minutes, then out. I, I would rather be able to just, oh, I want to go. It, granted, you're stuck to an area. You can't yeah. just wander anywhere in the park. <laughs> but whatever area you're working, you can be anywhere in that area. Mm-hmm. And as long as you're doing your thing, they're happy. I 100% agree with you. If I was going to be a custodian person anywhere... Disneyland's the place mm-hmm. to be because I feel like you never hear like, oh, I want to be the custodian at a sports stadium or anything. It's like, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like, but people are like, yeah, Disneyland, that seems cool. I don't know. And those guys work really hard too. Yes, they do. The people that work in custodial. So if you, if, if for any of our listeners, if you're walking around and you see, I mean, any cast member really, but if you see the custodian people, make sure that you thank them for mm-hmm. a job well done because uh, they're responsible for a lot of what makes Disney magic. Mm hmm. 
Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Russ, for chatting with us, chatting through your book, breaking a couple of things, breaking our hearts a little bit about plastic <laughs> lamp posts, but that's okay. We forgive you. Uh, like I said, like I said, we're looking forward to enjoying and experiencing the second, the more seen unseen Disneyland. And can't wait to hear if you come out with a third edition about DCA. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's been fun. I, this is a different format for me, so it was, it was a lot of fun to do this. It's okay. I'll be the only weekly tier without an answer. Make sure you send your questions to Producer James or Producer Vern at trivia at doweekly.net. Welcome back to Trivia Land. How do you feel you did today? Feel too bad. Right. I yeah. think uh, of the four plus bonus, I feel one I'm iffy about. Yeah. Well, we will find out together, shall we? Your first regular round question. In celebration of Valentine's Day, there's a special event going on. Disneyland After Dark, Sweethearts Night. Both of you knowing that and getting it correct. <laughs> Good job, Teresa. I mean, where's the high five? It felt like a gimme, but I'll take it. <laughs> I thought this was a trick question, Vern, when you when you gave it to us. You know, some people might not have known it. That's true. It's but true. I still feel like, like it's a trick question. You still don't believe the answer is the correct answer? No, I think it is. But in the in the beginning, I was worried that it was like that he was, I don't know. Uh, I see. Nope, I see what you're saying. Your second regular round question, at Sweetheart's Night, in addition to special early admission, Participants will enjoy a themed fireworks show and can even attend the Royal Ball, where the princesses and their princes will dance at a most elegant event near It's a Small World. Boom. Both of you get in that one correct as well. High five. <laughs> I mean, just because you got it right easily doesn't mean you can't celebrate. True. Thank you. Your third regular round question tonight. You could also take a moonlight cruise, enjoying the rhythms of jazz music aboard the... Mark? Sailing ship Columbia. No. You know, I was hoping the jungle you might cruise. go there. Or, you know, a cruise, cruise on <laughs> um, the Pixar car. Uh, why am I spacing the name of them? Oh, like the a cruise. Land. Yeah, I yeah, see what you're right? saying. Like a cruise. See, as maybe like, you might have gone oh, there. Like a car cruise. But both of you getting it right that it was the Mark Twain Riverboat. Yep. Yeah. We're three for three, Teresa. We're or doing pretty okay. Or the canoes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> a <laughs> moonlight. would be wonderful little snack as you get pushed around <laughs> yeah or push yourself around i should say self-propelled your fourth regular round question where in disneyland can you acquire a heart-shaped butter cookie here's where it all which falls is apart, a shortbread with strawberry glaze white chocolate like drizzle and heart sprinkles take said jolly holiday and teresa said the candy palace the correct answer i was looking for was the red rose tavern <laughs> <laughs> I told you there was one I wasn't feeling good, but at least we both got it wrong. That's true. And at the That's Red true. Rose Tavern, you can also get a special Valentine's Day themed gray stuff. And I almost asked, where could you get that? But I knew it would be a gimme. Yeah, a gimme. gray stuff is only at Red Rose. Mm -hmm. yep. And your bonus question tonight. When did Mickey first meet Minnie? In May of 1928, the first screening of the short Plain Crazy was shown five months before the first screening oh, of Steamboat Willie. Oh, dang it. 
You should have gone with your gut, Teresa. Dang it. You should have gone with your gut. Every time you oh, go with your gut, you get it right. It's it. when you talk yourself out of it is when you when you have problems. <laughs> so, unfortunately, the correct answer <laughs> for that one was plain crazy. When Mickey stole a kiss from Minnie mid-flight, she jumped out of the plane and used her bloomers as a parachute. <laughs> uh I need to go back and watch some. I started watching some of the shorts uh, in order on Disney Plus when Disney Plus oh. first had come out. I need to I need to start doing that again because it was a lot of fun. I need to I need to get back on that. Yeah, I need to get back on that plane or steamboat oh, or train that vehicle. <laughs> yeah, mode of transportation. That mode of transportation. <laughs> well, listeners, how do you think they did? How did you do listening at home? Do you think you've got some great questions that can really stump them next week? If you think you've got that perfect question, feel free to send that in to us at trivia at dlweekly.net. We will be back next week with more Disneyland news and information. Until then, go out and enjoy the parks. Please remain seated until the podcast comes to a complete stop and the doors have opened. Then collect your belongings, watch your head, and step carefully from the episode. On behalf of all of our crew, Thanks for traveling with us, and we hope you have a happy and memorable visit here at DL Weekly.